Hello and welcome to episode four of Nutrition with Attitude with me, Susanna Alexander. So today I'm starting to tell you a little bit about my backstory and this is not an easy thing for me to do because well you can tell I'm English we're a bit inhibited about this sort of thing we don't really do it and especially me I'm kind of reserved I don't like talking about feelings you probably wouldn't know that if you met me because if you met me you'd think I was bubbly and outgoing and anything went but actually I'm not really into talking about my feelings and my experiences I'm into talking about facts and evidence and that manner of thing so I find this kind of thing quite challenging however I'm told it's what I should be doing I'm told it's how you're going to get to understand me and work out whether I'm the sort of person you'd want to work with or spend time with so that's what I'm going to be doing over the next few days and this is going to be part one and part one is about growing up as a plus size child. Now you might very well ask why did I grow up as a plus size child? Did my parents overfeed me a lot? Um, actually I think that I was always quite a hungry child. Apparently one of the things I did when I was very very small, less than a year old, was we were on a boat somewhere and there was a buffet and I reached out and I grabbed a vine leaf, uh, stuffed vine leaf and I shoved it in my mouth. That's apparently one of the first things I ever did, so I think I've probably always liked food. Um, probably my mother was a bit of a feeder as well. It was, and still is, her way of showing love. It's funny, I can um, un, I can sort of uh, w acknowledge that behaviour now, or I can recognise that behaviour now, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I, I didn't then, I suppose I just thought that was normal. And actually, when I was growing up, it was normal, because we still were under the impression that children wouldn't eat enough and wouldn't grow and would be undernourished because that was that was what we were um, used to, that, that there was a scarcity of food and that children wouldn't get enough. And if children d didn't eat enough, they would fail to thrive. And so um, the, the emphasis in society in those days was very much about getting your child to eat up. So, you know, you were a good child if you finished what was on your plate. And in many respects, I wasn't a very good child. I wasn't quiet and obedient and subservient. And I didn't particularly like the things my mum liked. So the only way that um, I could get praise was to be a good child by finishing what was on my plate and being a good eater, which I always was. But the funny thing is that um, when I started school, I was school phobic. I think I must have been school phobic subconsciously because every day without fail, I would throw up every day of my first year, certainly my first term of my first year of primary school. So what does that mean? That means I wasn't keeping food down long enough for it to put weight on me. So I don't understand how I could have maintained my size at age five, six, when I wasn't keeping any food down. That's, that's still a bit of a mystery to me. And it's one of the things that makes me think from personal experience, which by the way, I tend to discount personal experience. Anecdote is not evidence. This is something you'll hear me say very, 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 very often, which means a personal story, however compelling, 
is not does not have the same status as a properly conducted academic study. That's that's just the truth of things. Um, and anecdote is not evidence. But if if um, maintaining what is generally considered a healthy weight is to do with calories in, calories out, how could it be that I wasn't keeping down food and I was still a plus size girl at age five to six? I, 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 it, it still completely eludes me. Anyway, um, the realities of being a plus size child, you know, I'm not going to pretend I had some sort of dreadful childhood because I really didn't. But I wonder if any of you or any of you who have children, either you or your children might relate to some of the things I experienced. And, you know, you might relate to many of these things, even if you're not plus size yourself. Because a lot of children get teased about their size when their size is absolutely 100% normal. You know why? Because kids are quite cruel sometimes. And also at a young age, we try and fit in where, you know, we've left our mother's knee. And what we're doing is we're trying to find our place within the tribe. And so in order to find our place in the tribe, do what Marissa Peer calls get connection and avoid rejection, we um, kind of exclude anyone who's different from us in order that we may fit in. So anyone who's very slightly different is going to at some time be a victim. So let's see if you or your children can relate to any of these. Were you the last person to be picked for teams in games at school? Because I was for a very long time. Because people looked at me and assumed I wouldn't be good at games because of my size and shape. Now, actually, this was a bit of a misnomer because although I certainly couldn't run very fast, I was good at other things. My hand-eye coordination was pretty good, which actually made me quite good at ball games and things like um, netball, where you had to get the ball through the net. I, I could shoot goals rather well. And as soon as people discovered that, I was picked much more often, but it took people a lot of time to recognise that. Um, I wasn't allowed to go swimming with my school. My parents, my mum wouldn't let me because I used to get infections from the swimming pool all the time and I would get very bad infections and be off school. So she didn't like me going to public pools. And I, uh, one time at the end of term, I remember I begged and begged her and she did let me go. And there I was in my swimming costume with my, uh, my I had a, a swimming hat, which was covered with um, rubber flowers. It's hilarious, really. But um I can remember, you know, coming out of the changing room and everybody like covering their hands with their faces and trying not to laugh at my big body and my flowery swim hat, you know, stuffed into a swimming costume. And these were the kind of experiences I grew up with, you know, lots of teasing and lots of remarks also from people who had nothing to do with me. You know, I can remember going into a museum and the gallery attendant, and by the way, the gallery attendant was no sylph. She said to me, how old are you? And I said, oh, I'm seven. And she said, oh, you're so big. You should lose some weight. You need to go on a diet. I mean, imagine telling a seven-year-old that, right? Um, honestly. So these are the kind of things that um, that I experienced throughout my childhood. Um, and this went through right through into my teen years. I mean, you imagine, you know, teenagers are particularly teenage girls. And if you're, no, you, you know, if, if you're an adult, you will know this. Um, 
teenage girls are very body conscious because their bodies change and develop and um, they you know that they compare and they talk about and they get into fashion and all these kind of things. I um, I mean, that was the other thing, is that my mother had absolutely no idea how to dress me. In those days, there were no trendy clothes for plus-size girls. So um, I used to be very, very badly dressed when I was out of school uniform. I mean, I remember, you know, at one stage... I mean, first of all, I didn't like sort of pretty dresses and those kind of clothes. I was quite a tomboy. So I always wanted to wear trousers. My mum had no experience of trousers, so she had no clue. I had literally, at one stage, my wardrobe was one green tracksuit um, and a pair of black velour trousers that were Marks and Spencers and a, I think a jumper and a couple of T-shirts. That was that was literally my wardrobe because those were literally the clothes that my mother could find for me to wear. Um, and that was that was difficult. And, you know, I when we were in the sixth form of school, we stopped wearing uniform and we uh, could wear what we liked, you know, providing it wasn't too revealing or unconducive to being able to get our work done. So, you know, I would go in in these black velour trousers and a sweater and, you know, I'm sure they were perfectly clean. But uh, I remember at a parents evening, my male teacher in front of my parents telling me I shouldn't wear trousers to school because they were unflattering now, first of all, the huge, huge um, inappropriateness of a male teacher saying that to a teenage girl is beyond belief, in my opinion. You know, I was certainly not wearing anything that would inhibit me from doing my work. And I was doing science subjects, mind you. So you had to be able to move around the lab and tie your hair back and, and not you know, wear anything that would inhibit your, your movement or your ability to do practical experiments and so on. And I most certainly didn't. You know, I was I was clean and I was comfortable and I was at the right temperature for my studies. There was absolutely nothing inappropriate in what I was wearing. And yet this male teacher thought to say this to me. And worse still, at the time, I was going through a terrible period of depression. You know, everybody knew this. I would literally wake up every morning in floods of tears. Now, this was nothing to do with my size. This was just what I was going through at that age of 16, 17, when I was doing my A-levels. And it was an absolutely terrible time for me. I mean, I have never, never had such a bad time in my whole life, I don't think. Um, you know, that that that, that year when I was 16, 17, was, was such, such, such a dark time that even now it's very challenging for me to talk about it. And this was the sort of thing people were saying to me. You know, even my own dad, who loved me to bits, mind you, would say things like, you know, you, you, you will never get a man, you will never find a husband if you don't sort yourself out. And so that was the, the impression that I grew up with. Uh, and mind you, you know, I did when I was in that age, 16, 17, I did diet and I did actually lose some weight as it happens. I was never what you would call a normal weight, but I did. But, you know, that pressure about my body size on top of all the pressure I was going through at school and, um, you know, in my academic life, I just think it was too much. And I just just remember just not not wanting to go on anymore you know 
teen the teenage years should be joyful mine really really weren't i can tell you that 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 time you know between age 16 and 18 was just the worst time in my whole life so i think i want to leave you at a low moment today and not not because i want to depress you but because i want to say to you that things did get better that clearly I'm not in that place anymore. But I was in that place. Not just because of my size, but I'm sure it was part of my genetic makeup as well, that um, having depressive episodes is part of how I'm constructed. And it is still. But you can probably hear from the way I'm talking now that that is not the reality for me anymore. And next time we speak, I'm going to tell you about what happened next and the sort of things I discovered that helped me along the way. So until then, I'm going to leave the story there and I will see you next time on Nutrition with Attitude. Until then, stay, 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 ugh, stay safe, stay well, stay well and keep smiling. Love you. Bye.